This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Wow, what a start. We've already got over 100 waiting for the start of the show, which is absolutely amazing. Good evening, good evening, good evening. It is Sunday night, and that can mean it's only got to be extra time in the show where we look back at the weekend's action and what action it was. It was an incredibly long day for me yesterday. I'll tell you a bit more about that in a bit. Uh, but the result that mattered was AFC Bournemouth, the Cherries won. The mighty Wolverhampton Wanderers to Gary O'Neill said it was just another game. Yeah, right. He wanted to win that match. I'm pretty sure of it. We've got a fantastic lineup again tonight. Of course, uh, we're going to be talking obviously all about the uh, all about the game, the things learned. You know, talking points from that. Uh, we've got the quiz back uh, this week. Uh, the little quiz challenge. Uh, but we're also going to be um, asking each of my pundits their uh, memories of uh, the late Sir Bobby Charlton, um, a footballing hero, an icon that transcends any uh, football club. And, uh, you know, he uh, sadly passed away um, during the 3 pm kickoff uh, yesterday. So it's only right um, that we pay a little bit of respects uh, to Bobby Charlton as well. Uh, I do want to say before we get started, of course, a massive thank you uh, to the local company that is Creation Walks for powering extra time, delivering the industry's latest and most advanced digital solutions. If you've got a company or a brand, make sure you get in touch with them because they are the best. They're local and they will enhance your digital capabilities. It's creationwolf.com. They're Wolves fans as well, um, and the link is in the description below. So let's get ready to rumble. We have, first of all, joining us, the voice of reason, um, Jack. How you doing, mate? Not too bad, Dave. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, if you watch the... Um, 
the bonus fan reaction uh jack uh was able to come on to that yesterday because he was staying over in bournemouth and before we get started mate how messy was your evening uh, it wasn't too bad, to be fair, because we went to watch the rugby sort of in the evening. And, and right, I was gutted with that. I watched yeah. the rugby. I was listening to it on the radio on the way back. I was a lot because I've loved the uh, the internationals. And they played so well, didn't they? They did. I mean, I, I've got to be honest. And I know um, Craig, who comes on sometimes, is, is a much bigger. And we had a little chat, didn't we, the other week. And, and we didn't have England down for anything really in this in this World Cup so just to be in the semi-final against South Africa I think they've kind of done above and beyond but to get so close to, to you know it was a penalty at the end wasn't it and you know yeah but um so yeah we had a, we had a good night and obviously when when you go for a, a night away with after the football if you've won the game it's always a lot better as well so so that helped did you do any um, any boogieing on a dance floor anywhere? Could make any uh, moves? I, I always do, don't I? You know, I'll give it, give it a go. So yeah, but uh, it's, it's quite quiet around Bournemouth, to be fair. So um, I think well, uh, obviously after that are... defeat, they're, yeah. they're all a bit depressed, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we've also got coming on uh, in the first half of the show with, of course, his friend on his shoulder, uh, Wolfie, and they actually does. I reckon they've actually modelled the new Wolfie off. They've, they've, I reckon that hoops that wolves have come on. They've seen your wolf, and they've gone. Do you know what? He looks a proper cool wolf. We're going to model our Wolfie, new Wolfie, off him. Is there anything you want to inside? If you it, it, tell us, well, about it, in touch. Look, no, I mean, but you know, I might have to write an invoice you know for uh for copyright so yeah if if, if they have then um then that's all good but um yeah myself uh and my friend on the shoulder uh, uh are in good spirits as i'm sure everyone is it? it's just wolfie uh i think we at one point we muted a name didn't we i think john d wolf was was mentioned but if people want to give wolfie a name other than wolfie <laughs> which yeah. isn't the most imaginative Tonight, we have to give, we can't call him Wolfie. He needs a different name. We have to give Hoops Wolf a proper, proper, cool name. And, like, to be honest, that wolf, seriously, is the star of the show, really, because, like, sometimes he turns, when wolves aren't playing well, he refuses to come on. He turns his back. Sometimes he looks mean, but he really looks happy today, uh, Hoops. Your wolf. <laughs> Do you know what he is? I don't know if it's the lighting, but he's looking pretty good actually. Um, and he's he's a little bit decorated actually. If I move out the way, my my daughter's got a little picture which you can't quite work out. You might see the walls badge just directly underneath him. She's done a little bit of a, a collage. Um, Howler is a good show. That's a um, good show. Howler is. Yeah. Oh, that one <laughs> here. Wolfie, oh Wolfie. <laughs> so yeah go for it if, if if there's one that sticks we'll we'll do it and we'll we'll keep to it but um yeah it's it's quite funny because i use this for for my my work as well so yeah i get a few sort of looks on serious meetings and he's he's there but I, i'm not moving him so right. he's, he's, he's a bit of an icebreaker you, so. you love it you do he's there because you're just like i'm a bloody wolves fan and i'm damn proud of it mate that's what it's absolutely. all absolutely Absolutely. Anyway, we do have to uh, now bring on um, a very, very meek and mild young person, um, you know, who, you know, 
always entertains, and that is the Lord himself. I mean, he isn't called the Lord, Lord Jason Guy. He hasn't called himself Lord for no reason. I mean, you know, this guy's full of confidence. <clears throat> I'll be honest, Dave, I didn't call myself that. Someone paid 35 quid online, and uh, I put it on Twitter, and it upset that many people. I thought I'll keep it there. But what also upsets that many people, Dave, was the fact that who won the tournament last week? Oh, yeah. Well, well, well I mean, I think it was, to be fair, to be fair to fair, we, we have to say this in all fairness because, like, the rules of the tournament were that you're supposed to be associated with someone's podcast or you've been on the podcast. And Jason's all Jason's team was I mentioned him on a podcast, he uh, he did my artwork and stuff like that. But it's so it was basically the, the renamed it was the Wolves Wolf Whistle All Stars, all the semi pros, right? But it was a great day. And he whilst was. we're on it, we should say uh, that we have raised. I'm going to put it up on the uh, on the um, on the, the thing for everyone to see. Now we have raised a fantastic amount, and it is. It looks like two thousand five hundred and eighty, but when you scroll down, there he is. Look, there they all are. Look at the, the ringers. <laughs> all the uh, all the uh, the semi pros. Um, <laughs> if we scroll down here and we look down here with the gift aid, it's over three thousand pound raised for what Brilliant. is a fantastic, um, uh, fantastic thing for the foundation. And uh, I did go for a debrief at Molyneux with the foundation on Thursday. It is going to be turned into an annual event. We've got some ideas to uh, try and beat that for next year, and. Um, you know, we'll obviously give you more, but I am very, very grateful to all of the uh, the content creators that uh, you know create fantastic content for our for our great club coming on. And just so that you can see, um, you know, this was our team. If I can put that, where is this? Here, here we go. You might recognise a few people there. You know, sensational Stan, Magic Moss, Manny Jeevan. Craig, our 62-year-old Tuba Wolf goalkeeper. Monster, who's been on the away fan reactions. Uh, Scott, who comes on here regular. Jack, who's been on the away fan reaction. Balak on the away fan reaction. Uh, Lewis, who you saw on here with Bully. The gaffer himself, Chris, who uh, went to the match with yesterday. There's me and there's Paul. And I have to tell you guys, I have to tell you, because we had the group of deaf, because we had Wolf staff who play on there all the time. We had uh, the foundation themselves, who obviously do a lot of training. We had the, uh, the the great lads from the fan cast and ourselves. So we had a pretty tough group. And um, I scored a, a, a back post header to beat the foundation. Um, apparently it was Don Goodman-esque. Hit the post <laughs> after that. Uh, so we won that one. And then we we, uh, we had a great game against the fan cast boys. Um Paul got an early goal in the first minute and then Jeevan got a goal. So we won that 2-0. And then halfway through the um through the, the third match, which against the Wolves staff, who are a very good side, um Monster McLeod and Paul picked up injuries. Well, we'd already lost Ballock uh before the start of the tournament in, in the warm-ups. We had seven players left. So when so we lost that game eventually uh, in the last three minutes. And then we played the uh, the Wolves All-Stars. Oops, sorry, the Wolf Whistle. And they absolutely tanked us. Uh, they did. But 
had we had <laughs> even I scored. We, we had we had we we basically ran out of steam, and then they won they won they won in the final against the Talking Wolves boys. But we came third, so I'm quite proud of that in our first attempt. Um, and uh, Magic Moss was there in the changing room giving us some advice for sensations. It was uh, it was great. It was a good day, wasn't it, Jay? Oh, it was brilliant. And you know, I know I joke that we won, and you know we got the trophy and. Uh... But on a serious note, the, the main thing is over £3,000 raised for charity, Dave, and all credit to you for putting it together. It was a great day. It was a great day, and everyone had such a lot of fun, and we enjoyed it. So I want to thank everyone uh, who's donated and thing. And if you do want to chip in, uh, still a little bit of time this weekend. The link's in the description below. Uh, right, well, I'll tell you about my day yesterday, because, like, it was a long trip. Um, went down to Bournemouth, full of positivity, half seven set off, met Paul, then met Chris. We travelled down, stopped on the services on the way down, had a cup of tea and or had some sandwiches, got to the ground, met Kurt, uh, Kurt from the Cherries Red Army. He's the guy who came on and basically wanted us all to commit suicide over um, Gary O'Neill. Met him before the game. He was uh, talking about a 2-1 win to, uh, to Bournemouth. Obviously, we went behind, we won the game. I came back on the way back. I was invited um, to um, to the KK Steelworks. Would you believe? Um, do you know where that is, boys? Is it by that? Is it the hangar? Is it is that what it's called? Oh, as well? Is it? It's near the hangar. Yes. Do, yeah. Do any of you know Glenn Hughes? Yeah. Well, I don't know yeah. him, but I know of him. Well, he's yeah. the uh, he's was the lead singer of Deep Purple and he lives in LA. Well, he was doing a gig at Wolf, so we, I got invited. So at about quarter to 11, I turned up for about the last 15, 20 minutes of that because he invited me down. So that was kind of cool, seeing a bit of Deep Purple before we got in at about one o'clock. So, Jack Walsh, you were out there shindivigging it, giving it all down there in Bournemouth. I was literally in a rock club watching Glenn Hughes rock it, rock it out. So it was a long day. Um, but what a day. I mean, what a day, you know, hoops. What a good victory that was. Yeah, yeah. My day wasn't quite as exciting as, as, as that. But, yeah, but equally pleased, as I'm sure we all were, with the result. Um, so, yeah. I mean, in the context of, of the game, which, which we'll go into detail. But, yeah, I mean, as a, as a day, as, as a result, it, it's, it's fantastic to be talking now, you know, nine games in and 12th in the league. It's, you know, on, on average, we're, we're, we're pretty pleased. There's still work to do, but yeah, it's always nice talking after after a win. There were points within that second half when I was thinking, this could be two points dropped. Are we going to just be that sort of unfortunate, you know, nearly side and not get that that goal? Um, and it took perhaps a substitution again, a la sort of Everton away to um, to get the goal. So, delighted. Really, there's not much to grumble about. It's it's a win. It's an it's an away win, and um, we're we're pretty positive. Um, yeah, so it's a good place to be at the moment. But football's a strange game. We'll see what next week brings. But right now, I think most people will be positive, and there's not too much. Although I'm sure we'll find reason to 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 grumble about at the moment. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like um, three weeks ago, everyone was suicidal and, you know, Gary O'Neill out. Now we're 12th in the table, 11th points. And um, where have all the haters gone? You know, let's see. Uh, Jack, to you, my friend. Great seeing you after the match. 
talk me through your to your day and your expectations going into the game. Obviously, we knew that Nelson Semedo and Mario Lamina was going to be um, out with suspension. Pretty much went with the uh, the same formation, switched out Doc um, for Semedo, who apparently had a bit of a groin strain. And he also then bought in um, Bubakar Traore with Joe Gomez. But he took Joe Gomez after half time and bought on Tommy Doyle. Um, talk me through the game. Yeah, no, I think um, I think you got the selection right. I think when you have to make enforced changes, I think you then have to kind of keep your optional changes to a minimum. Because if you if you may have to make two changes because of suspension, then you decide to make two other tactical changes. You've changed four players there. That's that's just under half a team, isn't it? So you're not going to get the rhythm or the continuity so I think you did the right thing in just making the two enforced changes um I said to you after the game um, straight after the game and, and I've not changed my opinion there we were really unfortunate to be behind at half time based on how the first half went I mean Bournemouth took their goal really well I've, I've watched it back I was quite critical of our defending but I've watched it back I think you give them a little bit more credit for how they've sort of worked the ball wide and, and put it in um we just didn't do enough when we had the possession in the territory. That was the frustration first off. We got into really good positions. I mean, Kuna was, was killing them. They were trying to hack him down and all sorts. And he was getting right to the edge of the box and he was holding the ball and, and waiting for the pass. And you think, just have a go, just just have a shot. You know, he might deflect and go in the corner or, you know, you might win a court, anything. You know, I think Wang got in twice and, and cut it back and he went to a defender instead of, of an attacker. So I think we got into some really good positions, but just didn't, Work the goalkeeper or didn't, you know, capitalise on it. Um, second half was much, much better. Tommy Doyle came on and had a huge impact um, because he was positive and he was looking forward with his passes. As soon as he got the ball, he was saying, right, how can I get us up the pitch? Do I need to play a crossfield pass or do I need to carry it forward? You know, I thought Bubakar was much better second half as well. I'm not quite sure him and Gomez works as a pair at the minute. I think they're quite alike. So I think the, the sort of the, the the contrast between Traore and Doyle was much better second half. I said to you as well yesterday that the sending off had a had a huge impact. Um, I think it did because I think what happened was Bournemouth then set up their stall for a point, and so what that meant was we could take Totti off because we didn't need the three centre halves, and you get Sarabia on. And I don't think he had a, a massive impact, but he was an extra body forward. And then obviously you can bring Sasha on towards the end. When you're playing against 10 men, you're not going to be able to play through them because they're going to sit deep and they're going to make it really difficult. So having a guy who's six foot eight, so you can work the ball wide and get the ball in the box is absolutely huge. And I think, you know, uh, Chris called it, didn't he, on your, on your vlog and, and we were saying around by me, Sasha will get the winner here. He'll come on and he'll get the winner. And that's exactly what happened. I was expecting it to be a header from a cross or something. And it was actually a really nice, smart finish. But you just kind of felt that, he was the guy that was going to come on and make the difference. He was going to find that bit of space. He was going to get on the end of something and win us the game. And that's exactly what he did. Absolutely. And you have to say, like you, everyone, we, we, a lot of people talk about his height. And obviously, he has, he has got a presence. But this guy, Sasha Kalajic, um, he's got a lot more about him than that. I mean, that finish was a fantastic striker's finish. But you have to give credit, first of all, you know, he chased down the ball to win the ball back. It, you know, when that went over, some referees might have blown for a foul there because they kind of stumbled into each other and both went down, but they played on. It was, which was the right thing to do. Um, and then, you know, it was a beautiful ball from Wang. I mean, the weight of that ball into him, he put it into him and then he literally just hit it first time 
into the back of the net and obviously delirium. I mean, but before that, there was such an amazing, amazing move. Um, and I'm going to try and see whether I can actually find that move in a little bit for you because I've got it on video. It's one of the best bits of football I've ever seen us play. And it came to Pedro Neto. If he'd have finished it, it would have been one of the goals of the season. Was that, you know, the bit, the move on me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like, it was like, you know, it was, it was like Barcelona City at their, you know, at, their, at that peak. It was like it's that good. It's like watching the Wolves All Stars. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I bet it was like just like the, the All Stars. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's like watching the Wolf Whistle Pod. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, slash Ajax. Jason, obviously, you've watched yep. the game. Um, yes. Talk with you know, obviously, you weren't able to go yesterday, but you've watched it. Uh, talk yep. us through your thoughts whilst I try and find this clip. Uh, yeah, I watched it down the down the pub. Um, listen, for me, once again, Neto, you know, he hit the bar early doors. He, you know, he's a constant threat. He seems to be the heartbeat, you know, moving forward. And I think now, hopefully, now he's passed all his injuries because before. I was always worried that there was an injury in him. Now he seems this for me is his best runner form, um, and all his Portuguese counterparts, or most of them, have gone. And this is his best runner form uh, for me, most definitely. With regards to the goal, can't really um, disagree with what Jack says in as much as yeah, Bournemouth have got to take some credit for that because they did open up on the on the right well and get the ball in. If I was going to be overly critical, you know, he's, he's, he's got the right side of Kilman and, and put it in the back of the net. You know, Kilman could have been a bit tighter to him. That's if I'm being overly critical. But it was a well-worked goal by by Bournemouth. Um, I mean, we haven't mentioned the sending off yet, have we? Um, no. I mean, what's your take on that, mate? Well, I think Wang's playing the game there, isn't he? Because let's be honest, there is contact, as you can see. Um and once again, you know, if that was that, like, like similar what what happened at Luton the other week, you know, feel a bit aggrieved. He's got contact. Is you know, is, is that enough for Wang to go down like that? No, of course it isn't, right? But he's playing the game and he's gone for it, and we, we've got the red card, and that's really a pivotal moment in the game, Dave. And you've got to play the game. If Wang stays on his feet, who knows? But he goes down, and that's then a certain red card. It would have been a red card anyway, but then it's a certain red card. But Wang did the right thing there. As as unethical as it is. Because that headbutt did not send him to the floor. He, he, you know, like I said, he's got to play the game there, hasn't he? And it's so really, important. To be fair, if any, any players headbutted like that, they're going to milk it, aren't they? Let's face it, how many times? I mean, th we were talking on the way to the game. I don't think we'd had anyone sent off against us yeah. for like two years. And, um, you know, that Scott guy was rough and ready the whole game. The tackle was bad on him. You could understand why Wang... Yeah reacted the way he did don't forget this is a guy that's had a few injuries as well and you don't need that um it was cook wasn't it that was sent off yet and then like yeah. he goes into him and it's ahead but i think even if he doesn't go down he probably still gets sent off oh yeah he's, he's, he's gone and but it was a a rush of blood but like you say it's a little bit like um frustration because like the looting game like you rightly said with bellegarde he was trying to get up they had him stuck yeah. around there didn't they? and he Kicked him away. You can't do anything like that nowadays, and it's going to be uh, you're going to be you off. not not with the amount of cameras and obviously VAR. They're going to catch you every time. And and with regards to the goals, I'm so pleased that that, that uh, Tommy Doyle had a part in it because it's got it's difficult at the minute with the Wolves midfield being as solid as they've been. It's difficult to obviously get an opportunity, and it's so important. And that's what I'm going to come on to with Kalidic for the second goal in a minute, taking the opportunity. And Tommy Doyle did obviously great ball. 
through to, to Neto and then obviously laid it off to Cunha with a great finish. And it was a good finish. And, and you know, this is what our strikers are paid to do. And finally, our strikers are scoring goals after all this time. And with the second goal, I mean, Kalaidic, great finish, great ball by Huang. Hit it first time. It's so easy as the strikers are absolutely lace it from there. Last couple of minutes of the game, ball's coming through to you. So easy just to put your laces through it, to think you're making sure, not make proper contact, hit it at the keeper, put it wide, hit it over the bar, but he just calmly, full of composure, put it in the back of the net. And that is the difference between him and a player like Silva, in as much as Kalaidic is now taking his chances. What I hope, though, is that Gary O'Neill doesn't see him as an impact player because nobody wants that tag. Adama Traore, obviously, I know the completely different player to Kalaidic, but he had that impact player tag. So it's important that Kalaidic doesn't get that because I feel he can offer so much. He's obviously got come on and got the winner against Everton. He's come on and obviously got the winner um, yesterday against Bournemouth. You know, he, he certainly doesn't want that tag. But the composure in front of goal was just pure class from Kalaidic. And, and obviously that won us the game. Um, and, and I just think as a striker for his confidence, that's just so, so, so important. So I'm really pleased Doyle had a part in the first goal. And obviously Kalaidic scored the second is a, is a proper striker. Let me just play this bit of video. This is this fantastic, which I've which I captured, and it is on the match vlog. Uh, if you've not watched it, make sure you check that out later. I'm going to put this on. Um, watch the watch the football with this. Oh, I mean, Brilliant. if that goes in, what a goal! What a goal that is! It would have been like ours against you in the tournament, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. That would have been, been a fantastic. You can milk it. You keep milking it, mate. You can milk it for as much as you as you like, and we'll. Uh, we'll on it, I mean, I want to make a point as well about Gary O'Neill because listen, he he was getting slaughtered and. Proper slaughtered, calling him a PE teacher, and you know, silly, stupid, pathetic things like that. Now, the reality is, I did say obviously, Wolves weren't going to get rid of him when we had that patch at the start. You've got to stick with your managers, there's no point in turning into a Watford and keep changing your managers. I'm not saying Wolves are the finished product, I'm not saying Gary O'Neill's the best manager in our history. I'm just saying this is why you need to stick with managers, and this is why. You know, you can see over time, over a few matches, we look at completely different side now to what we did six weeks ago. So this is the importance of it. And you know what? He, he's, he's clearly doing a good job. The players have got a lot of confidence in him. And now he seems to be turning the fans around. So there's a lot of people out there eating humble pie. I, you, well, you're absolutely <laughs> right. I mean, you've, got to, you've, got, you've got to... I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I was very, very frustrated after the Ipswich match. Um more to the fact that we how we collapsed again and we've been collapsing and some of the substitutions and stuff like that but even at that point when people were saying he's got to go he doesn't know what he's doing and stuff you have to sort of take a step back and go well hold on a minute he came in a week before the start of the season you yeah. know we've seen in bits some good performances you know and you know the Brighton game it was 10 minutes after half time we were we capitulated and we, we kept doing that. And then obviously uh, the injuries come, you know, Doyle couldn't play against Man City. He's, it was a tactical masterclass against Man City with the man marking the way he did it, what he bought. 
and you saw a team that reacted to adversity and we got the win. And I think that win, the Man City win and the way that we won and the way they executed the game plan built a lot of confidence. Villa was a tough game to follow it up. We know they've won again 4-1 today. They're no mugs. Uh, you know, we could, have won that, we could have won that game again. Pedro Neto had another good opportunity to make it two. Um, but we, we drew the game. It's still a good point. And then, you know... You look at the, the the other games. Everton, we sort of like we're reacting to the um, to him going to Man City, and we looked at, but we got the win, and uh, we had Kirk coming on before the week. Looking at this, he's like still believes in uh, their manager, which is fair enough to him. But they're like nine games in now, and they haven't won. But like Gary O'Neill has got a team and he's fell on a team and a formation and they seem to be buying into what he's doing. They look more like we've got an identity now. We look like they're believing him. We saw Kuna coming out, how he's been talking. The goal, Kuna's goal as well, was such a well-taken goal. And again, you know, Tommy Doyle, he's made a change at half-time. I'm not sure what, what was Joe Gomez. Did he pick up a knock or was it just ineffective? But whatever happened, he brought on Tommy Doyle and it was a brave decision at half-time. Bubakar didn't look really too good in the in central midfield in the first half either. And Jack talked about the Bournemouth goal. I thought, yeah, it was a good goal from their point of view. But for me, it was way too easy. It was like one pass forward, another pass forward. They had two runners overlapping. Uh, they pulled it in the box and it was a nice finish. But like it was a goal that should have been stopped at source. But Gomez was so far forward, there was no midfield. They just li literally ran through us. He made the changes. Tommy Doyle came on, and in the first minute of the game, he's making a really positive forward pass, mm -hmm. which he runs into Neto. Neto is a clever player. He plays that ball through to Kuna, and Kuna, for once, doesn't try to cut it back like he did at a chance in the first half. Yeah. He finishes it, and that's given him such a lot of confidence. And, and I loved Kuna at the end. You probably saw it, Jack, when they were singing his song. And how he was yeah. dancing. He, he was really loving it. It was great. And Tommy Doyle, for me, I gave him my man of the match because he came on and he was looking for the ball. He was like almost Neves-esque. He'd drop on deep to get the ball. And he was, as Jack said... Every time he got the ball, he was looking for a forward pass through the middle to the right. He even switched the play a few times, didn't he, Jack, with the yeah. way that he was just so positive. And, you know, this was before the sending off. And he just he just took control of the midfield. And, like, Bournemouth, when they went a player down, you know, they were defending for their lives. They, they, it's a tight pitch anyway. Uh, I know Jack on, the, um, on the, the bonus reaction at the end says, you know, I think we'd have gone on and won that game anyway, because I, I, even with 11 men, I thought we were starting to take control because Bournemouth literally just sat. And I think we'd have gone on and won the game. Chris was quite positive. But the the, the, the winner was was really, really well-deserved, wasn't it? Another point about that winner, Dave, uh, one, one point that I forgot to mention, don't forget, you know, Bournemouth as well, they got caught out playing from the back, didn't they? And this is obviously, yeah. this is what I'm scared of with, with Wolves. And you're seeing it, they seem to panic. They played that ball. I mean, that ball they played just straight through the middle of the box. Well, as I mean, if you've seen, um, if you watch the Cherries Red Army match vlog, which is Kurt, which is quite a good one, if you want to watch it, from, watch the pain, um, because he's literally going apoplectic when that's happening. He's literally really, because like 
what's that keeper doing with two minutes to go trying to play out from the back like that it's like you don't want to be doing that two minutes to go you've got 10 men on the pitch right so a point but listen we'd about took a point clearly why well you know obviously wolves when we're playing against 10 men we're obviously going for the winner but why didn't he just put his foot through it you know like we were doing to be honest we panicked a little i thought we panicked a bit when we went in front jack did you we were panicked a little bit yeah, there was one, I think there was literally like 20 seconds left of added time and Saar had the ball in his hand and he booted it straight down the middle of the pitch back to their goalkeeper and you're just thinking, just hold the ball. Yeah. You yeah. know, we've got control of the... They've got to do something here. And if we've got the ball, they're not going to do anything. So just keep hold of the ball. And, and I think that's something Saar's got to work on, this kind of awareness. Of to do this stuff. It's like exactly what their keeper did, to be honest. Yeah. It's just... Bit of comp- I mean, you saw um, the, the Bournemouth manager on the sideline when the goal went in. I mean, it, you know, you've got to feel for the guy. I mean, I don't, but like, if you're a Bournemouth, you've you got to, no, you ain't. But he was literally <laughs> throwing, the, throwing his water bottle down and stuff like that because we've seen that happen from our team. And you're like, why have you done that? Is we remember that that got, that kick that Saw did when it came straight back at us against Liverpool? Liverpool yeah. a similar yeah. type of thing. And, and Luton as well. Maybe there's a yeah. bit of karma. The sending off for Bellegarde, you know, similar sort of situation. Red card, we finally got one for us. We were due one. And then we kept going and we got the winner late. It was like, you know, you see a top six team, that's what they do. They get a winner somehow, some way. They keep going and we kept going and we got the winner. But I just would have liked to see us keep the ball. We had an extra man. We didn't need to keep booting it down the pitch. Just keep calm keep control of the game and we didn't we, we, we could have we ended up conceding a, a corner or two didn't we that we had to defend their keeper was coming up and you know if they'd have got an equaliser I'd have felt sick but as it is we won but yeah if you watch the Cherry's Red Army vlog Kirk puts a good together vlog on it actually and uh, you can see it from the Bournemouth fans perspective but yeah definitely watch our vlog just before we go on to talking about the um the man of the match, the performance rating and getting on to the quiz for tonight. Um, let's just have a little chance to talk about um, the late Sir Bobby Charlton, um, who sadly passed away at the age of uh, 86 years of age. I mean, my dad's 86, and it brings that into perspective. But an absolute, I, I put a little post saying, legend, icon, gentleman, um, and all of the above. Jack, do you want to sort of kick us off with your thoughts on... Uh, Sir Bobby. Yeah, I mean, I sort of mentioned it yesterday. I think someone that was part of the Busby Babes and the 1966 World Cup squad has made a, such a huge impact on English football. I don't think you can quite put it into words, really. I mean, he's such an iconic figure. You know, even if you never saw him play, you knew of him, you knew what kind of player he was. Um, you know, just an iconic sort of figure. The iconic look, wasn't it, with the comb over as well? I mean, I think some of the great players, this the way they look, isn't it? You know, Maradona with his socks rolled down and things like that. They just have a look about them. Um, what I wanted to, to touch on, which I, which I forgot to t- mention yesterday, which was, which was bad on my part, was the role that Sir Bobby's played in, in Duncan Edwards in, in Dudley and, and sort of the memorial for Duncan Edwards and the statue because Sir Bobby was, he was really important in fundraising for that and raising awareness. And he was, he was quite poorly at the end, so he couldn't attend one of the events more recently, but he was... There, I think, for the statue unveiling a few years ago. So, you know, Duncan Edwards was one of the most famous black country sons. So I think as sons of the black country ourselves, I think we owe Sir Bobby a huge sort of thank you for what he did for, for Duncan Edwards and Dudley as well. 
Uh, to be fair, mate, that's um, that's a really, really good point that you make there as well. Um, you obviously, Duncan Edwards, again, such a talent um, that he would have been. Hoops, you know, got any comments that you'd like to make about Sir Bobby Charlton, Did you, you know, from your perspective? any Anything you want to add, add to that? Um, I think in, in regards to Bobby Charlton, I think Jake is... Uh, sorry, Jack has articulated it very well there. And, and and the words that you'll hear used are profound in terms of, you know, iconic and, and legendary status. And, yeah, he's one of those names, synonymous, not just, I guess, with English football, but, but world football as well. You know, playing for Man United, you know, in that era and obviously, you know, 1966. And I think I was watching Match of the Day last night and Alan Shearer said, you know, he was a, a great goal scorer, but also a scorer of great goals which I thought was a, was a nice little tribute as well. So, yeah, I mean, I can only rely on, on, on footage, but I think anybody who, who sort of looks at the history of English football and, and, and football of that era, um, he's one of the names that will quickly come into uh, discussion. So, um, yeah, uh, um, may he rest in peace, uh, an absolute legend. And, uh, you know, he's fortunate now that with modern technology, we can perhaps look back at his games and perhaps people that weren't aware of him can... Uh, yeah, research his his story. So sad news, um, but uh, obviously a very true legend of the game. Well said, and uh, you know, Jason, someone that embraces the history of our great club, and you do such a fantastic job. In all seriousness, with the the Wolf Whistle podcast, and the, obviously the book, uh, the the two books that you've done out. You know, you you you're someone that's really really passionate about history, and you probably. Spoke, you've spoken to so many Wolves players, ex-Wolves players, and I'm sure in conversations, Bobby Charlton must have come up at points during oh, those conversations. Absolutely, Dave. Uh, you know, everyone I spoke to about, obviously, Sir Bobby Charlton always only had good, positive things to say about him. And I was fortunate to, to get to meet him once. And um, did. I was actually in the uh, I was in the director's lounge um, at Molyneux when Wolves played Man United in, I believe, it was about 2012. So obviously, Sir Bobby Charlton was there, and because I'd been invited, and they said it opened at same midday, I was flipping the first there to get into the free bar, and uh, Sir Bobby was already there. So I thought I'm not going to talk football to him because I'm way out my depth in in even discuss. So we, 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 I don't know how we got onto the subject, but obviously we had pleasantries, and there was only us in the room, and we started talking about holidays. And I had a chat to him for about 20 minutes about his holidays, where he likes to go, etc. And then I'm not going to name the person that come in, but he was on the, the Wolves board at the time. And he come in and sort of slid into the conversation and started talking about football straight away. And um, and Bobby almost was quite dismissive, not rude, but it's quite dismissive of it in, in continuing to talk to me about his holidays. And I think that's the measure of him in as much as, you know, yes, he had time for everyone. But, you know, he, he was more than just a football person. You know, yes, he was a great footballer. Um, as we all know, which he gets remembered for, but also he was a you know really good person. He had time for time for a lot of people. Mate, that is a really really fantastic story, and um, really thanks for sharing that. I think that kind of throws a lot of light of what people have said about Sir Bobby Charlton. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter like that he obviously he played for United, he played for England, and but you know some players just transcend club country. Um, and just anything, they're just like you know. You, you put, I'd put, you put him up there with the likes of Pele and people like that who are just footballing icons, but not just about what 
the football, but about the person they are as well. And for any anyone in life to be able to be as successful um, and win the amount of things that someone like him did, but still to be humble to the average person, you know, like you're talking to you, doesn't know you're having a chat with you about his holidays and stuff like that and taking time to talk about stuff like just normal stuff. That At the end of the day, is a human being and that's what we all aspire to be. And uh, that's the legacy, I think, that um, Sir Bobby uh, leads with us. And we will hear the thoughts of our other uh, guests coming on in the uh, the second half of the show. But we obviously, we do send our consultancies to um, everyone, obviously, associated with uh, his family and friends, of course, United, uh, you know, from the whole of our fan base, of course. We all have the same sentiments. Um, just before we go on to uh, the next part of your bit, I do want to bring people's attention to the fantastic offer that we have now got again for you with uh, NordVPN. Uh, I'm a user of NordVPN myself. Um, I've got it on my phone. I've got it on the iPad. got it on the Mac. got it on the TV. Emma's got it on her phones. It literally... Um, there's about 70% off with this deal. Uh, it's fantastic if you go on holiday. We're going on holiday soon. It means that we can switch over to the UK and still watch our programmes that we like to watch over in the UK. Or if you do like to watch your live football uh, and you need a different location from where you are, sometimes you can put that on your TV and stuff as well. You watch your programmes. You can get American Netflix, all that sort of stuff. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Um, you get 20 <coughs> Four months plus an extra four months. You click through on the the offer, and it literally is instead of one hundred and eighty seven pounds for two years, it's sixty four pounds for the first two years with the Always Wolves discount. That works out about two pound thirty a month. It's a fantastic deal, and it gives you um, high secure VPN. And trust me, it's super fast. It doesn't slow you down. So I know a lot of you have got this. So the link for that is in the description below. Get the offer whilst it's still on because it is a cracking little deal from NordVPN. Right, um, guys, back on to you guys. Let me talk you through first. We'll go uh, We'll go back with you first, Jason. Uh, moment of the day, highlight yeah. of the day, man of the match and performance rating. Uh, performance rating for me, 8 out of 10. And the people could say, oh, it's quite a high score. But the, the reason being, banana, it, Bournemouth could have been a banana skin yesterday. You know, we go in there, it's a winless team. And I put this post on Twitter and I put, you know, winless Bournemouth. And as soon as I press send, I thought, oh, i just give that the kids of death. So it could have been a, a, a bit of a banana skin. But, you know, obviously we come out victorious. So 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, man of the match, I'm going to give it to Tommy Doyle. Um, on the basis, he come on, he, he seemed unfazed. Um, as we said, Bubakar Triori did, did seem a bit out of sorts at times. Tommy Deal slotted straight in. Some good forward passing, you know, uh, you know, intent on, on playing the ball forward. And, you know, he's been a bit of a big part player because hey, he couldn't play against Man City and he's got to settle his way into the team. And I think to put a performance in like that when you're just trying to edge your way into the team, it now gives Gary O'Neill a bit of a selection headache. On the basis, does he drop him? Does he pick him for the next game? But if he does, he'll do a great job. Uh, moment of the match for me was Gary O'Neill at the end. You know, we really wanted that result. It was so important to him personally. There was a bit of a needle in that game for him playing Bournemouth, his old club. You know, obviously, we've, we've heard um, some of the supporters weren't happy with, with, with his tenure there. But he had to go there and get the result, and he did. So I was really pleased for him and Sean Derry at the end when there was a few, you know... 
punching each other and that. So, yeah, for me, uh, Gary O'Neill, that was my moment of the match. Fantastic. Just a little reminder from everyone as well. I did promise Manny that I would give this a plug tonight. He's not very well today. He's been a bit under been in bed for the last couple of days. Um, but uh, Samosa Saturday does take place uh, in aid of Dementia UK uh, next Saturday. Um, I will be, as usual, uh, joining to help um, for the two or three hours before uh, the game starts. Hope to see people coming down and... Uh, as Manny would always say, like, donate what you can. If you've got no money, they'll still feed you anyway. Uh, but it all goes for a great cause, which is Dementia UK. My mom, bless her, bless her soul, uh, who I know would be incredibly proud of the, the money that we raised for the foundation at the event last last year, but she, uh, at the weekend. But she had been diagnosed with early, uh, early stage uh, Alzheimer's. It was a heart that failed, but she she done that. My auntie Sylvia passed um away from um the dementia side of things it affects so many people um so please um do support money's events the most of saturday 20 next week against uh newcastle hoops on to you mate um same again for you your man of the match performance rating and uh, your moment highlight of the day yeah <clears throat> excuse me and uh, yeah get well soon to, to manny and as you say that will be a great course next next saturday as well and i think with a half five kickoff as well There'll be a few people on there, the booze most of the day. So I think they could probably do with a, a bit of food inside them as well. So yeah. that might be quite timely. Um, but moving on to the, the game, um, I, I think as, as a rating, yeah, I would say sort of seven. Um, I think the first half, I don't think it was poor, but it was frustrating, I think, as, as a performance. And, um, you know, things were, were tweaked as, as I'll come on to. But yeah, overall, I would say seven. Um there were some really good performances. I agree with with, with Doyle. I think as, as as Jack referenced earlier, a real progressive midfielder changed the the dynamic, you know, straight away. Um, and I could probably say no, that's probably my moment of the match uh, with um, with him coming on because he did change the game. But um, in terms of player of the match, um, I'm going to give it Pung, um, and I'm going to do that because he's in the form of his life, isn't he, at the moment? And I think. You know, you'd had that incident with the sending off. The fans, you know, are always going to be on his back, the, the home fans, after that decision. Um, but he just got on. And, and ultimately, he was the the cool head in the moment to to play the right ball for, for the winning goal. So from an all-round contribution, from a guy at the moment whose work rate is fantastic, I, I, would, I would say Huang. And yet I'd repeat the moment of the match was probably that substitution by Gary O'Neill. And yeah, as, as Jay's referenced earlier, um, Gary O'Neill is turning people around. I'm probably at a point where I've had a spoonful of apple pie. I'm not ready to eat the full pie yet, but I'm more than happy to if he continues as he's doing at the moment. Um, but yeah, that decision was 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 the right call. And I think it'll be interesting as we go into Newcastle if he changes it again. But I think that tweak with Doyle, and I think as, as we've spoken about earlier with the Gomez, is a special talent, but I think as a any young player, I think there's a bit of dip in form at the moment for, for me, um, and that, that might present an opportunity for the moment for someone like Doyle, and I think he changed the game, but um, some real good performances, and the likes of Neto, again, fantastic. Uh, very, very well said, and a good shout about um, Wang, mate, and you made a good argument mm -hmm. for him. Um, I obviously, I'm, I'm going to temper it, as I like, I temper it when, uh, you know, 
the pressure was building on Gary O'Neill and I kept saying he ain't going to get sacked. There's no way that's going to happen. So don't even go there. He, he's just still in. They're going to, you know, they've just bought him in. At the same time, it's really, really great. The last three games, the fact that we've seen these results, we're starting to see an identity, but we equally, we can't get carried away the other way. You know, it's great to see. Um, we did say we start to see the league table start to take shape after nine or 10 games. So after next week, it's like 10 games. That's where you start to see where everyone is sitting. And it's going to be very interesting for me um, when we look ahead to Newcastle is what he does against Newcastle. Because Newcastle, I saw much of the day, they're ranking first on everything. So is he going to go uh, do another tactical masterclass like did the man marking thing like he did on uh, Manchester City and employ a similar sort of system for that? We'll have to wait and see how we compete because Newcastle are a team full of confidence and are in form at the moment. So it's going to be another big test. But like the last, you know, it's, it's starting to pass these tests. And I think from what the players are saying and what, what he's saying, it's still early days. So we're not really going to see the full extent, but it is promising. So as much as I said to people, don't get carried away and, you know, getting onto his back, even though it was bad, you've got to stay patient. The same temper has got to be said. Yeah, we've had some good results. Let's see how that continues. You know, does it fall back or does it continue? We've got to sort of temper it. Uh, Jack, on to you. Um, same questions before we get on to the quiz. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the performance rating, I'll go seven and a half. I think, like I said, first half was, I think, Hoops is right, frustrating. We didn't capitalise on, on good possession, good territory. Second half, a lot better. The reasons that we've already discussed so seven and a half kind of split the difference if you like and, and it's something really positive to build on i think just i'll just on that actually just really quickly uh everton luton and bournemouth our three games so far against teams that we're expecting to struggle seven points keep that going throughout the season you're pretty much home and hose just off the points you get against the strugglers before you even pick up pick up your bonus points against city and villa and maybe newcastle next week so that's a real positive that we're picking up the results in games where we've got to go and get results um, man of the match, I went with Kuna. I just think first half, I thought he was that difference in getting us up the pitch. But equally, that frustration of not shooting when he's perhaps got the opportunity and not following the run when when Wang gets the cut back in. But obviously, took the goal really well. And, and like we said, you know, he's a fantastic footballer, but he's a striker that costs £40 million. So we do need him to start scoring more goals. And I think that goal yesterday might just be the thing that kicks him off and goes, well, actually, next time I'm on the edge of the box, I'm going to try and put it in the corner because I did it at Bournemouth and it worked. Like back to the first half where he pulled it back and he was kind yeah. of in and he should have hit it and he, and he didn't. And then second yeah. half, you know, he hit it first time and he thought, oh, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes you've just got to do it once and it works and you go, oh, OK, next time I've got the confidence to try it again and it might work again. And then all of a sudden, you know, you look at Ollie Watkins at Villa at the minute, he's scoring so many goals that are almost identical because he knows what to do when he gets in that position. But I'm, I'm on the left-hand side of the box. I'm going to put it near post, top corner. Keeper's got no chance. And he did it again today, didn't he? So hopefully Kuna can start thinking, when I'm on the edge of the box, I'm going to try and bend it in the corner because the keeper's not going to get it. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah. But I think one other person that perhaps needs a mention as well that we haven't mentioned is Dawson. I thought Dawson was terrific again at the back yesterday. Interestingly enough, you talk about Dawson. Um, we hung about a little bit at the, uh, at the end yesterday um, for the team. Um, with Paul and Chris, I got a, got a, got a picture with uh, me and Paul. I had a picture with Dawson. He's a tall lad, isn't he? And Sasha came over, like, and um, we just said, like, he come over he to all the people. Said, no, we just want to shake your hand. And he come over and he shook Paul's hand. He shook my hand and said, well done, great finish. Keep it up. Uh, real humble 
person, Sasha Kalajic, um, you know, who seems he's someone that has been through a lot with his injuries. And he's someone that is just so happy to be playing football again and scoring goals. And he really feels like he really, really appreciates it. Another little bit of insight for you. Um, whilst we were by the coaches, um, Max Kilman's mom was right by us um, with her son, 11-year-old son, who apparently also plays for uh, Chelsea Academy as a centre-back. And... Um, we had a chat to her as well, and she was re- she she was just she was telling us how proud Max is to be captain of Wolves and how proud she is. She said she was just saying he's so proud to be captain of this club, and you know he's and in her words, he's sort of so he's he's developing as a captain. We've talked about his captain role and he's learning the role and stuff. So. She was really humble and nice, and that he he was she lives down south because of her son, and they tried to go and watch her as well. I think Max's girlfriend was there as well, wasn't she? I think um, I think she was there as well. But Max came out separately; he didn't go on the coach because he was going away with his mom. Um, they were going somewhere for some food or something. But like, what what struck me about Max uh, when he came out, he had a lot of people around him. His mom was stood there waiting. Loads of people. He stood, talked to everyone, signed the uh, all the bits and pieces. Really humble, and went off. Um, and it was just really nice what she said. How proud he is to be captain of Wolves. And uh, I think I know he gets. He's had a bit of stick. He's a young lad um, for his captaincy, and probably we have to sort of lay off him a little bit because he is learning to be a captain. And I think having the likes of Dawson alongside him as well that's definitely going to help. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's fantastic. Was well, that's all yours, isn't it, Jack? Yeah, yeah. Right, quiz. I'd, I'd say, Dave. Sorry, just 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 while I, it's it's a mine just for for listeners who are interested on on Kilman. There was a great article which people may have seen over the weekend, which I think was in the Times. I think it was from Henry Winter, and it was a real in depth interview with Kilman. A little bit about his, his backstory and his family as well. So yeah, just while. Um, you mentioned it. People might want to check that out online. That that is a good point. It's a really, really good article that you mentioned there. And guys, um, before the end of the show, I've got I've been sent some crisp a Christmas idea. If you're looking for a Christmas gift for your uh, for your family or friends, hold fire because I've all I've got something to show you, which is a good idea for a Christmas gift uh, coming up. Because you've got to start thinking about Christmas, haven't you? Right, are you ready for the quiz, boys? No. <laughs> right. Jason, no cheating with the book. Me. <laughs> Not that you would ever do that or anything like that. Cheat, we're, on, we're on transfer records, right? It's going to be. So, uh, Jason, first one to you. Um, it's the best of three. See who wins. In February 1968, Wolves bought Derek Parkin for a then. This should. Jason should win this easily as well. Uh, well, Derek Parkin for a then club record, a reported 80,000. Which club did they buy him from? A, Stoke City, B, Newcastle, C, Huddersfield Town, or B, Berry? B, Berry, when you've said... You've said D, Berry. <laughs> right, I am going to... Uh, what are the teams again, Dave? A, Stoke, B, Newcastle, C, Huddersfield Town, or B, 
D. I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for F Newcastle. <laughs> it's not Newcastle. Is that your guess? Is that your final? Is that you're gonna lock that in, or do you want to ask a friend? Well, you said it's not Newcastle, so I'll say Stoke then, eh? Well, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's Huddersfield Town, mate. <laughs> Huddersfield was. So, your uh, next hoops in March 1974, Wolves sold Jim McCallion for a reported 81,000, equaling the club record all time. To which club did they sell him? Was it A Sheffield, B, Sheffield Wednesday, C Southampton, or D Manchester United? I, I know this one, Dave. <laughs> I'm gonna go C. You're gonna go for Southampton. If that was C, yeah. Uh it was D Manchester United. Okay. Um <laughs> so, <laughs> so Jack, you're stepping up for your penalty. Uh, in September 1979, Wolves sold a player for more than £1 million for the first time. Was it A, Alan Sunderland, B, Steve Daly, C, Emily We know. I know this one. Is it Steve Daly? It is Steve Daly. One out of one from the spot. Okay, second penalty coming up uh, to Jason. Steps up. In September 1979, Wolves bought a player for more than... Um, one million pound for the first time was it Andy a Gray. it was of course andy gray <laughs> literally he literally stepped up that and did a rabona down the middle of the goal of the keeper's gone <laughs> he's like no problem swagger, swagger. nice one one out of two hoops your penalty coming up um in Pressure. august in august 1999 wolf sold robbie Keane for reported 8.1 million a club record at the time which club did they sell him to a into, Milan. <laughs> A into Milan, B Leeds United, C Tottenham Hotspur, or, or D Coventry City. Uh, I'm sure you want to show it was Coventry because weren't Villa in for him at the time, and then he went to play with Gordon Strachan at Coventry. I think it was he's played for all of them, but I think it was Coventry he went to. You're gonna lock that in. You're not gonna say like into Milan. You're going Coventry City. No, he went he went Coventry. Yeah, let's go Coventry. Yeah. Locking it in. Absolutely. <laughs> guys, guys in the chat, don't put the answers in the chat unless they ask for ask a friend, because otherwise they're gonna you're gonna help them out too much. They can ask a friend to hold back before you put it into the chat for us, please. So basically that's one out of two, one out of two. Jack's on one out of one, he steps up for his second penalty. Um, Jack, in August 2012, Wolves sold Stephen Fletcher, heads gone, for a reported £14 million, a club record at the time. To which club did they sell him? And Sunderland. You're going to go Sunderland. to Sunderland. Sunderland, yeah. My God, he's done a Rabona as well. He's gone straight down with the Rabona. It's like, Jason, hold my beer. I'm going to do it. Two out of two puts Jack in pole position. Okay. Uh, Jason, back to you. In January 2017... Wolves bought a player for more than 10 million for the first time. Who was it? Helder Costa, A, B, Ivan Cavallero, C, Adama Traore, or D, Ruben Neves? Uh, Don't I'm shout in go, the chat, guys. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for Helder Costa. You're going to go for January. 
I held the cost. Is that you're locking it in? Yeah, I don't think we signed Neves in the January. Um, it is correct. It's held the cost. Chris, please, will you stop shouting out the answers in the shop, or we'll have to time you out. Chris is that's aimed at Chris Jordan. Okay, so the pressure's on to you now. Uh, in July 2019, Wolves bought Raul Jimenez for a reported 32 million, a club record at the time. Which club did they buy him from? A, Porto, B, Benfica, C, Sporting, or D, Atletico Madrid? It was Benfica. And the answer is Benfica. That's two out of three. So, Jack, he strolls up. He puts the ball on the spot. He's you eyeing, dare win, Jack. You dare he's eyeing, win. He's eyeing the keeper. In August 2022... Wolves bought Matthias Nunes for a reported 38. <laughs> Which club did they buy him from? Sporting, Estoril, Sevilla or Barcelona? Sporting Lisbon. Sporting Lisbon. And Jack is the winner of the first half of the quiz. He's left Lord Premier in his wake. And Lord Premier. With Howler, howling with laughter at the back. His master's not one, but yeah, no, fantastic. And finally, guys, end of this one. Before we get on to you, Jason, just to talk about your charity match coming yes. up. Um, we'll come to you last, Jack. Jack, score prediction for Newcastle? Uh, it's always 1-1, isn't it? So, so let's go 1-1. It blooming well is as well, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Hoops, what's you and Howler thinking? I think we're going to go with Howler. Howler? Uh, I'm sure I was just thinking, if, oh. if I was a Howler, what voice would I put on? Oh, oh. No. <laughs> we get Kev on. Two, uh, two, 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 and Jason score prediction. Yeah, I'm going for one one. Going for one one. one one. And now, uh, Jason, uh, you do um, have the return of the Wolves All Stars playing at Bilston Town. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit more about that, please? Yes, yeah, very quickly, guys. Next Sunday, uh, obviously, we've got Newcastle Saturday. Hopefully, we'll beat them. We're all being good spirits. Sunday, we've got. I'm actually going to the match with Simon Osborne, so we'll be at Molyneux on Saturday. Uh, on the Sunday, 29th of August. Sunday, 20... Yeah. Flipping neck, Dave. Do you mind the name's you drop? I'm surprised you're not wearing steel toe caps. So... <laughs> <laughs> so Glenn, Glenn Hughes' mate there. Anyway, next Sunday, <laughs> bring your autograph books. 29th of October, about 2pm kickoff. Bilston Town gates open about half 12, 1 o'clock. We have got nearly 30 former Wolves players there. It's going to be the biggest collection of Wolves players in history other than testimonials and that is a fact so we've got playing Matt Hill Simon Osborne Tony Dinning Shaola Finjana Adam Proudlock Mickey Holmes Jody Credit Kevin Ashley Colin Taylor Matt Foreman Paul Jones Jackie Gallagher Dennis Pearce and Mel Eves and then attending we've also got Colin Brazier Robbie Dennison Carla Kimi Ali Robertson Steve Daly Phil Parks Robbie Dennison oh I've said him twice uh, Jerry Taylor Teddy Wharton and Dale Rudge and Joe Jackson so we've got nearly 30 former players. We've still got two or three that are waiting to confirm. We might have Matt Murray there. We might have a few others. So if you can get down, it's just £2 supporting three amazing charities. If you're doing nothing on Sunday, guys, two quid. That's all it is. Bring your autographs book, 30 former players. Fantastic, Jason. And have you got the link? Can you put that in the um, in the yeah, chat? I'll put, I'll, I'll put that in the chat. You can buy your tickets, as Jack's done. couple of quid and you're supporting three. Can you buy on the day? Yeah, you can pan the day as well. Pan the day. Um, and there's a bar and there's going to be food there. So it's going to be a really good day. I did try and get Manny down to do a, 
a samosa Sunday, but he couldn't do it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's gonna he'll be running out of samosas on this Saturday, hopefully, but uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, so if you can come, guys, you'll have a great day, I can assure you. Fantastic, mate. Well, absolutely, yeah, brilliant, Jason, as always. Uh, thank you for gentlemen for your. Uh, fantastic input tonight. Much appreciated in the first half of the show. And if you're enjoying it, please smash a like. And don't forget, if you want to join in the chat, all you need to do is be a subscriber. This will be out um, to, on catch-up afterwards, of course. Uh, and it'll be out on podcast because Emma will put it out in the morning for you. But we're going to say ta -ra, And um yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. program. Oh, you got your program, yeah, from the weekend. Oh, your program from, from last week. Well done, Dave. Oh, thank you, mate. Appreciate that. And thanks for everyone that's donated to that as well, because at the end of the day, all of these stuff help great causes. So much appreciated. Right. Hoops, um, Jack, Jason and Howler, thank you for joining us this evening. I hope you've enjoyed it. See you later, guys. Well done. Cheers. Well done. See you later. Right then. So uh, what a fantastic first half of the show that was. It's absolutely a brilliant first half. Brilliant commentary. Now, just before we get on to the second half of the show, uh, where we've got Cheerful is back, Cheerful Chris. We've got one of my uh, now signed on a three-year deal, Scott, coming on. And then we have got, after the watershed, Sooty, who I had a lovely uh, catch-up with at the weekend, which was fantastic. And he hasn't been very well recently, so it was great to see him. Um, just before we get on to that, guys, if you're looking for a Christmas present... I've got something that you might be interested in. So I'm just going to put this little video on for you now. I, well, they've sent me a be motivated. Here we will go. be motivated. Uh, before we get on to that, I do want to say thank you ever so much to Foco, who have basically, I'm in Molyneux, and they've sent me a, well, they've sent me a replica Molyneux. I've got to make this. I'll put a picture up of what it looks like when it's finished. If you want one of these great Christmas box for someone, I'll put the link in the description below. And if you quote Always Walls 15, you get 15% off as well. Looking ahead to the game. Fantastic. So um, that's that's the, the thing. I've got it here. Christmas box, 15% off. The link's in the description below. There's a lot of other Wolves uh, merchandise on there that you can pick from. As long as you use Always Wolves 15, you get a nice discount off that. And it's all licensed Wolves merch. So check the link in the description below. I'm going to make this. Um, I'm going to make this. It's going to go in my office when I've done it. But uh, it's going to take a little while. But there you go. And if you've got any uh, Mad Wolves fans, you, got, you can build your own molly. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fantastic. Let's bring on Chris. Cheerful Chris. How are you going, mate? Uh, Dave, sorry, the F1's on. I was um, a little bit distracted. So Fantastic. Five laps left, and Lewis might eventually beat Max Verstappen this year, so that'll be great. But yeah, oh, is, he, is, he, is he leading the Grand Prix? No, he's about five seconds behind on faster tyres with seven laps to go, and he's reeling him in. Oh, it's so, quite exciting then. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, so, they'll probably stop the race and give him the title anyway. I mean, I know he's already won, uh, but they've done, done that before. They won't do it again. Yeah. Um, we've also got one of my uh, now official signed on a three-year contract after such a fantastic performance, I have to say, um, at the last weekend as part of the Always Wolves team. I'm just going to put that event on the screen there for you. You can see uh, Scott. There he is. We drew grey. We looked good, didn't we? And uh, before the injury, Scott, we were doing good, weren't we? We were. Um, I think we surprised a lot of teams. and. Got to the semi-final um, really well. But like you say, injuries played a factor and cost us our semi-final. Absolutely. I'm going to bring Sooty on. But before <coughs> Sooty, Sooty, talk, Scott, talk through my goal, mate. I've got to tell him about my goal <laughs> in the first so, game. So what makes this goal even better is it's against my mate, who is the Brushbury goalkeeper to the club I run. And, and literally was well well didn't he? Yeah, well-worked goal, um, a lot of um, Barcelona-esque passing, and then the ball gets played across, and you think it's dead and buried, Nothing, nothing's going to come of it, and who's on the back post running in like Don Goodman, bullet header, only dazzling Dave. Top corner. <laughs> One of my greatest sporting moments. There's a big cheer as well. I, went, like, Paul, I said to Paul, yes, he said, his face <laughs> is full of, um, full of joy and shock. <laughs> it's like, I don't score headers. I hit the post just after, didn't I, as well? Yeah, straight after, yeah. So, you know, if uh, I'm going to try and get Fabio, go and get in front of Fabio. Sutty, I have to say, it's so great to have you back. I know you've not been very well. You've been dealing with the shingles. Not very pleasant. Good evening, David. And Chris, Scott. It was great to see you down there on the south coast uh, in the stadium, mate. I saw you before the game, saw you at half time. I was looking for you at the end. Um, mate, Great win. Fantastic. Didn't think, I, I personally did, I thought it was unlucky to be one down at half time. I mean, they did, they, we sort of went went to sleep, didn't we, Dave, for a few seconds. And it was a good finish, little back heel, real good finish. Um, but I said to you at half time, didn't I, Dave, we'll win this 2 1. You did. And, and, uh, and, thought, and what happened? Well, we won two one, obviously, but I just thought we were we were better. I looked at Bournemouth and I thought, who would I take from Bournemouth to replace um, anyone from our side? I tend to do that, to be honest, and I wouldn't have anybody from Bournemouth on current form, Dave. Um, they don't really. I think they're going to really struggle because they've got a manager in there now that's tried to put. If you put him in at somewhere like Arsenal, this manager at Bournemouth, he'd be fabulous. But they haven't got the right personnel to play the kind of football he wants to play. 
Um, so I've got a funny feeling that they'll be in the championship this time next year, Dave. But just quickly, what I want to say, Dave, because I've got to eat a little bit of humble pie here. Four weeks ago against Luton, I predicted we'd be bottom after the Bournemouth game. And um, I've got that a bit wrong, Dave. Um, a change of tactic... Uh, going five at the back again, like we said last week and the week before, has worked wonders for us. And we look a totally different side. And we've got um, a forward line that's fast and is starting to frighten a few people. So, um, yeah, a bit of humble pie eating there, Dave. To be fair, uh, to, to be fair Sooty, you said yourself, like, if things don't like, if things do change, you, you'll be the first one to come on and. And as you, in your own words, you said eat humble pie. I mean, you said that yourself, and here you are. But I do want to, before you say anything else, guys, today is Sooty's birthday. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday to you. I've had too <laughs> many now, Dave. Mate, so send you happy birthday wishes to Sooty. Uh, I, I was going to try and get him on after the game yesterday, but he had to get back. You had to get back for a meal. Uh, tell us about your meal, mate. Did you get Indian. back for it? Indian. Nice curry. Yeah. It's my favourite, Dave. Uh, what, what did you have, mate? Well, I, I I don't have hot stuff, Dave. The hottest I go is probably a Jalfrezi. But I have a, a chicken tikka boona with um, extra spinach, Dave. And it's really nice. So, I like a nice chicken tikka roken, Josh. Yeah, nice, mate. I do like an Indian more than anything, Dave. Well, I, I recently had the pleasure of sharing uh, an Indian uh, with Scott when we went to a, for our training match, didn't we, Scott? That was a nice evening, wasn't it? Yeah, nice venue, beautiful food. What Indian did you go to, Chris Jordan wants to know? Entourage. Is that in Worcester? Cutnell Green, just between Droitwich and Kidderminster. That one of your regulars? Not really, Dave. It's um, it's quite posh, Dave. Oh, it's a it's an upmarket Indian. Yeah. It's like a, a not... do they call them Indian fusion? No, it's not fusion, Dave. This this guy is um who who owns this place is pretty special, mate. He he actually teaches people how to do proper curry and everything. So it's um it's quite posh. And if you know me well enough, Dave, you'll know. I'm probably the furthest thing from posh you could ever come in contact with. <laughs> but you do appreciate your food. Oh, I like food, yeah. Quite a lot of it, as you can see by my physique. There you go. Absolutely brilliant. Well, Sutty, we'll carry on with you because, like, um, you know, we, we had a really nice chat uh, before the game. Um, we're talking about it. There's a good atmosphere down there. You know, I, you know the Bournemouth... Fans were going into it. No, like they they hadn't got a win. They were desperate for a win. Um, Pedro Neto does Pedro Neto things. Hit the bar, great run, unlucky. That could have yeah. gone in. Um, I felt quite relaxed th throughout most of the game uh, in in the first half. I thought we, we were we were in control of the game, but we just didn't seem to move the ball quick enough <laughs> at times. And um, Pedro Neto hits the bar. Then they, they score, which was a very soft goal for me. I thought we were just, it was too easy, the goal. We got a bit of control back. But like like you said, you could see positive signs at half time when you come to see me. You, you, you know, 
Um, and you said, you know, we were all still feeling quite positive at half time. What did you think of the, uh, yeah, what did you think of the change that uh, Gary O'Neill made at half time? You know, change the change game, Dave. Completely change the game. Young lad, young Doyle's come on. And his first thought every time he picks the ball up is look up and make a forward pass. Um, within two minutes um, of the restart after half time, he's picked the ball up on his own 18-yard box on the D. He's drove forward five yards and he's played a 30-yard ball to Neto. Neto's played Cunha um, in Bangal. And it's about being positive, isn't it? It's positive football. Sometimes it's quite direct football as well. It's fast, it's positive, bang, goal. And the kid ran the show in the second half. He just wanted the ball all the time, didn't he? All the time. When he got and not only that, Dave, when he when he took all the corners from our side and when he was G in the, the away support up and that well, I think yesterday the diehards fell in love with Tommy Doyle, didn't they? They um they loved him. Um and he was he was outstanding. Um it's given Gary O'Neill a big headache for Newcastle. Um does he start him? Does he bring him on just after half time again? It doesn't hurt anybody to, you know, Gomez has been outstanding um all for the for this season. And um but to have a break every now and then, nobody can consistently keep those performances up. And it was a good change. It worked. He was positive. And Gary O'Neill will be sat there with a tot of whiskey tonight, feeling quite smug and rightly so, because for some unknown reason, for somebody that's, uh, well, literally lifted a sinking ship with rubber armbands, because they weren't very good, let's be honest, last season, and he's got them up to 14th, they took a, a real bad dislike to him. And it's not like he walked. He was sacked. So I'm glad for him, to be honest, because when he came over to us at the end, you could tell he was uh, he was a little, a little bit happy, shall we say. Yeah, I mean, he he, he said all the right things before uh, the game. He said, like, <laughs> it's just a game like anything else, this, that and the other. He said all the right things in the in the press on the in, at the end of the game. It's just, you know, it doesn't make any difference. We, all of us know, it's like if you're in that dressing room and that's your manager, he and you've he's been sacked and let go after, you know, keeping Bournemouth in the division division last year. He's gonna have a he's gonna want to win that game. Whatever he says, Absolutely. you know, he's really gonna want to win it. And you can see it at the end. And the 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 other thing is, I, th I think it was Emma that said. Um, she said, I think it was Emma that said it. She said, like, when you actually see Bournemouth and where they are now under this new guy, and like the Bournemouth fans think they're better than they are, like, they, they think do. they're like the top 10 team and they've got this new what have you. And Kirk's come on, and, and you know, he's a good guy, Kirk. He's frustrated. They've got uh, Ariola on, um, the manager, nine games in. They, you know, the new owners have come in, they spent. They're the six highest spenders Bournemouth in the last two years in the Premier League. And I think they've got ahead of themselves. Well, the thing is, Dave, um, it, it's almost like 
I keep saying this every time I go to Bournemouth, it's like walking into Agborough at Kidderminster Harriers ground. It's not much bigger than that. And if you're a player who's if if you're walking in, they say, "Come on, we'll show you the stadium," um, and you walk into that, that surely is a stepping stone club for me. It's got to be. You don't look at that and say, if you're a young aspiring Premier League footballer, you don't walk into that ground and say, "Yeah, this this is this place is going places." It could. They do well to stay up, Dave, and and. Just a quick one as well, Dave. Tavener, who was playing on the wing for them, winding us lot up in the first half. Oh, yeah. He was laughing at us. He was laughing at us, which I thought was absolutely fantastic because he weren't laughing at the end. No. Let's be honest, I'm not a great stats person, but yesterday, if you look at our stats, I'm pretty sure we've battered them in every department. We did, we did, and we got the we got the win in the end. Uh, and I think we'd have won the game even eleven versus. I do. 11. I think if without the sending off, we'd have won. Oh, I think so as well, Scott. Um, you know, you play football. You you know you, yourself. You you obviously you started Bushbury. You, you still have a love for. You played a charity game today as well, which was fantastic, uh, mate. And uh, raised a bit of money. I mean, you watched the game yesterday. Uh, what's your takeaway? Well, as soon as Neto hit the crossbar, you knew that we were up for it. And it was good to see because the confidence in this side at the minute is going strong. And I'll give in turn Gary O'Neill confidence too. And that's why going into that Bournemouth game, I honestly thought that we would win. Um, I don't. I agree with the sense of like the red card, I don't think would have changed anything. I do think we would have still won even if it was 11 v 11. We were playing incredibly well. And we, could, we know... That ain't the best, and we know we can produce better. But we were better than Bournemouth on the day by far, and we were fully deserved the three points. And it was good to see um, Sasa score again. It was good to see Doyle come into the side and look like he fits in perfectly. Like for me, um, it is a headache now for a selection for Newcastle. It's a massive headache if you think about it now because we've gone from, I mean, like the, the choice against Man City, you literally didn't have a hardly have a choice. And yeah. now you've got Lamina's coming back from injury, Bubakari clearly likes, Tommy Doyle's come in and looks, I mean, he's a Man City player, so, you know, his quality. I mean, you've got him. Joe Wodge is probably now sixth choice. Bellegarde's coming back as well. And then you've got Joe Gomez. You've got like six potential midfielders oh, there. Our midfield. Our midfield is incredible uh, for options and they are good quality players. The thing is now, with all this confidence that we've got behind us, and I, c I can only see us kicking on. Like, I I was dreading some of the games coming up. Newcastle was one of them. I honestly thought that Newcastle would walk us. But going into this game, on the confidence that we've got, another win, I honestly fancy us bringing a surprise on them. The, you really know what do. the funny thing is, Scott, and I know it is a thing because Newcastle, you know, they've got the money, they're, they're in Champions League, you know, they're playing very, very well. They, they, they just the last two or three weeks, they've been destroying teams, um, scoring for fun. We saw the stats on match of the day first in every stat, so it's going to be tough. Um, but like, if we managed to win that game, if we did, we'd be two points behind Newcastle. Do you know what I think, though? You remember that game where Doherty scored in the last minute? 
Oh, do you remember it well? You know, yeah. yes, that was a while. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if you'd had a 1 0 victory and we get a goal just the same way as that. Interesting. Chris, give us an update on the Formula One before we come to you. Yeah, he didn't do it. He got to within 1.2 seconds of Max, but uh, Max won, but Lewis comes second. So he, he did really well, but unfortunately not close enough. I mean, it's been a bit. Been a bit but, of a yeah. been a bit a bit of a cake walk for uh, for for Max Verstappen. It's been a bit boring. Do you think? It's yeah, going to it's starting next a, season. It, it's well, it it's clear that they can design cars and and they change the rules to suit them, and, and they're loaded and catch them, which is a shame. You don't want to get me on that soapbox, Dave. You'll be here for three hours. Yeah, it's, yeah, you want competition in a sport. It's a bit like when you look at the Premier League. You don't want Man City winning every year, really. I mean, yeah, as good as they are, you want you, you want competition. Uh, Chris, you've heard what Sutty's had to say, Scott's had to say. What's your take? Um, well, happy birthday to Keith. I, I, I'm, I'm, have you been working today, mate? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. It looks, looks like you've been out delivering chocolates. Like job, bro. Yeah, he hasn't got one of his fancy trackies on today. <laughs> Looks like a I have been out working job. today. Have you? Oh, all right. Have well done, mate. Um, He's out all day yesterday, though, so he kind of probably, probably that's probably why, isn't it, mate? Well, I'm not work work. I've been helping brother-in-law move out. Oh, have but, you? Yeah. So, sorry, Chris. It's all right. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good performance. I thought. Um, Look, Gary O'Neill said some of the things that the other lads said. Gary O'Neill said in his aftermatch that he thought Bubakar and Joe were too similar and needed to change it. So, big, big thumbs up to me from that. Um, we talked about midfield. Scott was saying about it. I've watched for the last four years, Wolves refuse to make subs every single game while the other teams have changed their midfield and absolutely run right over us. And it's good now that we've got such a good level of players that can come in and um you know you can whip two players out put two fresh guys in that midfield and they're all of a really good standard i don't think we've ever had such a good squad of midfielders before in my in my time of watching Wolves. Uh, but it was a great game i thought it played really well um i didn't think they deserved a goal um i was really upset with the marking uh do you know who the last player running back was to cover um, on that goal? Do you know the the the, the last Wolves player running back was? Go on. Probably Wang. Ryan ate Nori. Oh. Yeah, well, I actually said to Sutty at halftime, I didn't think he'd he had miles a behind. Absolutely miles behind the play, jogging back. Totally's got three guys running out in bish bash bosh in the net. He got to stop it. He's just, you know. You've got a defensive game to do, but you know that that's probably the only thing I could pick fault out of that performance. I have to say I thought it was great, great, absolutely. Sutty, um, just before we go on to talking a bit more about the game, man of the match, and all that sort of stuff, um, Bobby Charlton, Sir Bobby Charlton, uh, do you want to add a few words, um, each of you guys about Sir Bobby? If you've got any memories or things that come to mind. Well, I know you'll find this hard to believe, Dave, with these aged looks, but I never actually got to see Bobby Charlton play. Um, but my old man did, God rest him. And um, it, my old man always used to say, um, football is a simple game made difficult by idiots, Dave. 
right? Which I totally agree with. It's such a simple game, really, football. But this man, um, he was up there with Pele um, and Bobby Moore, Beckham Bowers, all of these players. And um, like I said to you last week, Dave, about Young Silver, uh, being a being a, a good footballer, there's lots of good footballers. There's lots of very good footballers. But to make you an absolute legend of the game, you it's not just about being a good footballer, Dave. You've got to be a really good team person and ultimately a good person. And I think um, Bobby Charlton was basically everything to this. Probably the greatest English player. Definitely the greatest English midfielder of all time. Um, and I think we've got one playing for England now who could surpass that at some point, Dave. Um, but the game's changed. And these were honest men playing a proper hard game back in the day. The game's changed, Dave. It's not like it was then. And these blokes got up, shrugged it off and got stuck in and shook hands at the end. And we will never, ever see the likes of him again. Um, good point here. They're making some wonderful points. Uh, JS96, Bobby Charlton never got booked or sent off in his entire no. career. Scott, anything you want to add? Uh, no? Okay. Chris? Um, yeah, I've actually met Bobby Charlton twice. Um, uh, first time, I've been corrected by uh, my family today. I was actually six when I met him the first time. He flew over to Germany to uh, hand out awards for a football um, tournament where my dad was a player manager. Um, and, he, and my dad's a Man United fan. Um, I didn't take after him in terms of football. Um, but uh, he, he, we went and picked him up from the airport. And uh, he didn't actually stay in my house. I've had that clarified today. He's, I, I must have gone to bed and he was still there. And when I got up the next day, he was there again because he went and stayed in a mess, apparently. But um, he was a very nice man. Uh, I met him again at Billy Wright's funeral in the wake afterwards and asked him if he remembered going out there. He didn't remember me, but he remembered going out um, to watch this uh, tournament and the dad's team winning because they played in a Newcastle strip. And it was what he said to Mr. O.A. Oh, yes, I went there. Team that won played in a Newcastle strip. Um, he was, he was, he, he was a, he was a nice man. I, I never really, never really saw him play. I, I'm not that old like Keith to um, have seen him play, but um, seen plenty of films and videos. And he, he, you know, got a bit of a rocket shot on him. And he was a, he was a great player, uh, a great man. And he's uh, another one that we've lost, unfortunately. And I think that that's that's it now for the the World Cup team, isn't it? One left. He's the one left. Jeff Hurst, is it? Yeah. Just one left. Yeah. yeah. Scott, anything you want to add on to Bobby Charlton whilst we're just uh, paying our respects, really? Um, if you look at Bobby Charlton's football in life and his life in general, he was an incredible man, incredible human being who went through a lot of um, trauma, should I say, with the Busby Babes and that plane crash. And to come out of that and 
still play incredible football, uh, recover from that and become the legend that he did for England and Manchester United. Um, from a footballing point of view, he was one of the best in the world and also arguably like one of the best ever British football players would ever grace the field. Uh, unfortunately, he's he's gone now. And like uh, we just said, Jeff Hurst is the only one left of that amazing team from 1966. I'm way too young to have watched him play, but I know my dad did. And my dad speaks very highly of him. Um, it's just a shame to see that he's now gone. And uh, may he rest in peace. Really lovely words. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen, um, and you know everyone tonight. You know the sad loss of uh, uh, a legend, an icon, and a gentleman, Sir Bobby Charlton. On to the game, guys. Let's start with you, Scott, uh, for this one. Your performance rating, highlight, or moment of the day, and your man of the match. Performance rating, I'd say it was probably seven point five. Um, because I know we can be better and we are getting better. Um, but I was pleased with the performance, I thought it was a good performance at a place that nobody wants to go to. Uh, highlight of the, the highlight for me, uh, was probably that crossbar, um, shot from there. Oh, because it just summed up we were coming for the three points and we weren't going away from their stadium without anything less. Uh, man, match Doyle changed the game for me, absolutely changed the game. Um, incredible player. I know he won't ever sign for Wolves because he is a proper Man City boy. Yeah, well, actually, he... that's that's actually he will sign for Wolves. Wolves have got an option really? of five million pounds to buy him. That's wow, part, of the, part of the it was part of the agreement when we sent Nunes. That's why his fee is so low. Um, mm -hmm. it's well, we did sign him now, I reckon. Well, there isn't. We have got the option to buy him, um, and it's yeah. the, the fees five million, and uh, you know the valuation is fifteen million, but. A, it's believed as part of the Nunes deal, they agreed to do a lower fee um, with the option to buy them so they could get Nunes for the 45 million. There's a bit of negotiation that went on there. So, yeah, I mean, he will become a Wolves player. If Wolves take up the option, won't they, Sutty? Absolutely, yeah. Um, Sutty, um, your man of the match, are you going to agree with Tommy Doyle? I think. Oh, well, yeah. I don't think you can go past Tommy Doyle because he changed the game. Just briefly as well, young Alex Scott started for Bournemouth yesterday, his first start. Obviously, we were heavily linked with Alex um, Alex Scott. And I think he cost Bournemouth 25 million, didn't he? Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, very similar kinds of players. Very similar. But if you tell me there's 20 million pound difference between them. I'll call you a lawyer because there's well not on yesterday's performance anyway. Um so I'm gonna give it Doyle, but I just wanna put a shout out for virtually everybody. I don't think many had an off day yesterday. Um they were all sevens really, Dave. I know Chris has said that um eight Nori went to sleep. That's just typical of eight Nori, isn't it? He always goes to sleep at some point. He's the most laid back player I know. I was watching him warm up yesterday and um, when he was warming up, we were stood, me and a few lads from Worcester stood going, look at him. He just looks like, he just doesn't look interested at all. He is very laid back. He's very laid back. But anyhow, I think they were all at least a seven, 
Dave yesterday. You could, it's an away win. Any away win is a good win for me. Um, so I'll, I'll give it Doyle. Um, highlight of the day has to be the second goal for me, Dave. That Honestly, that away end went nuts. It was, I was right by the steps. There was people rolling down the steps, coming over the top of us. It was proper limbs in there. It was funny, really funny away day. So, um, yeah, it was. I've got, it was I've, put the, I've got the collage goal up on its own on my channel, but of course, it's also included in the match vlog. So, guys, make sure you check out the match vlog because it's got. I've got both the goals, um, and there's a lot. Of, like you say, there's a lot of uh, happy Wolves fans in that away end. And the moment of the day for me, Dave, was after the game actually when Cunha come over. And he gave a little girly shirt. Yeah, and they were doing the Cunha song, and he was he was, he was spinning around dancing. everybody. He was orchestrating. He's a bit of a character. He's Cunha, big grin on his face, and I do actually believe that he does like playing for us. Yeah, now he was he, he loved the he loved the song, and um, I think he likes he what he is a player that wants to be loved by yeah. the fans. And, and let's not forget as well, Dave. When I know Jack says, "Oh, you know, it costs forty-three million. It's a lot of money for us. I'll have a lot of money, but let's not also forget. We keep saying he's a striker, and I know he's being played down the middle, but he's a number ten, Dave. And if he can get us eight to ten goals in a season, that's too now. Yeah, that's money well spent, Dave. Especially if Wang can keep banging them in, because Wang is." different class at the moment work rate is incredible he's and he's got a he's bought a little bit of shit housery to his game as well any dave because he went down like he'd been shot yesterday and i don't really like to see it but how many times have we had that happen to us uh, i mean it's just a joke so and he did put the nut on him so you've got to go unfortunately that's part and parcel of the game now you can't do it so yeah fully deserved and wang but isn't this something that we've talked about with Wolves that we're too soft, too nice, that too we've nice. got to start having a little bit dark arts, back. Dave? Dark arts. You've got to. Wolves gotta... were, were famous for the dark arts, and they were mo they're crying about it. It's like, come on, but like we've seen that so many times to us. Now Gary O'Neill's made a fair point after the game, I believe, saying that we get picking up too many stupid yellow cards for dissent and stuff like that. We've got. Because that will cost us in terms of suspensions. We've got to start being sensible. But if we can wind other players up and, you know, they're, they're sent off. But he was genuinely aggrieved because it was a really, it was a yellow card tackle mm. on it even before he got up and went for it. But Wang's a player that's had a lot of injuries. You don't want him getting injured again. So he, he got upset. But he got upset to the point where he just pushed his chest into him. And was had a bit of aggression, but he didn't bang the nut, and the other guy couldn't take it, and then nutted him back. And the second he's done that, he's, he's thinking, "Shit, I fell yeah. for it." You can't fall for it, can you? No, it's part of the dark arts, Dave. And they're learning fast, Dave. You've got to be as good as your opponent at it. None of us like to see it. Let's be honest, Dave. We all sit there, don't we? All stand there, moaning at him. Bloody get up, stop rolling around, but. It's the way the game's gone, Dave. And if you don't do it, you're going to get caught out. They'll catch you out. So you've got to fight fire with fire, unfortunately, mate. And you've got to be a dirty, as nasty as they are. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And uh, Chris, over to you. 
Um, just on the Wang thing, so obviously I wasn't there, I watched it, and uh, they showed the replay, they sent it off three or four times. There's a slow motion replay, um, which shows him actually dropping the nut from behind the Portsmouth player's head. And you know when you drop a pebble in a pond and it ripples? You can, yeah. He headbutted in that much, Wang's face rippled. So it, it wasn't just a little tap, he, he, he gave him a good clonk. And it's on know. his eye socket as well. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, yeah, I think, uh, look, I, I have to say, I, I can't, um, I can't see past giving man of the match to Gary O'Neill for yesterday. I think we, I think we've got to, um, you know, these, these idiots are calling him a PE teacher and all this crap that we've had. It, you know, he, he made two subs there that directly affected the game because Sasser was a guy that won the ball off Billing that then got turned back to him and he put the ball on it after Wang's nice little pass. Great finish. Um, and, and we, you know, the lads have already talked about Doyle. Um, he, he made those changes when he took Gomez off. I was like, what's he done that for? Because I thought Gomez was doing all right. Um, I didn't see Doyle coming on and making that impact. Um, this guy takes them every week. He, he he knows what they're doing. He's putting them in the team, and he make you know we we've we've moaned as fans. You know, even Lopetegui with with subs, he wouldn't he wouldn't make subs at times. Bruno Large didn't make. You know, you go back to that day and have a manager that you know will make subs and he's impacting the game. He's done it a couple of times now. He's done it the wrong way a couple of times, but I don't mind that so much if he's trying to do something to change a game. And, and, he he's, learn, and he's learning. He's That's learning about and you've got to stay patient because he's still learning about his team and his squad and everything. So, so I, I got to, I got to give it in, Dave. I, I think he, 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 he made the changes. He affected the game. I know the players did it, but they can't do it without him putting them on the pitch. And he did it without any, any, any sort of hesitation yesterday. Um, and I, I, it's the first time in a while we've got a team that's playing like a team, and I think these are the effects he's having on us. So that that's my take on man of the match. Um, thing of the day, what the uh, is that? What you asked? What what was our moment the, highlight the, of the day? Highlight of the day for me, nothing to do with football. And uh, yesterday I suffered a puncture because somebody drove past me over a vape which then exploded and propelled itself in the side wall of my tyre and uh, I was stranded with a, a machine that's supposed to put gunk in the tyre that wouldn't go in because the hole was so big and uh, this fella called Phil come along he he had a he had a jack and a a, a, a socket set helped me get my tyre off because it wasn't in my nice car that I've got that should have everything in the boot he helped me get it off. He drove me to the nearest place that had a 19-inch tyre in stock because people don't stock them anymore. They order them in. And um, he gave up about three hours' time on Saturday that allowed me to get this tyre fixed. I was supposed to go into Wolverhampton and then coming back to watch a match. And uh, I just got back home with a fixed tyre just in time to watch a match. So he, 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 he sort of demonstrated there are still very nice people in the world and i'm 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 very appreciative of him it's a great that's a great shout and um you know um we talk about bobby charlton and people you know and having humanity and you know being humble and helping people there's there's an example there of someone just giving up three hours to help you out and that's brilliant yeah 
and your performance rating? Uh, I think I think I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to get an eight because I don't think we were any any in any da danger. Um, the goal was just a you know they didn't, they didn't really do much. Dave, we we stopped them out. I thought we played well yesterday. I I think so. It's, it's a way match. You don't get given points in the Premier League. You got to go and earn them, and they did yesterday. I've got to give them an eight. And that, and yeah, I mean that's true. And then you, you you look at the Luton result, which we should have won with without the penalty. But like they've gone and got a an away point against uh, full back from two nil down with that ten minutes again against mm -hmm. Forest yesterday. You know. Yeah. The, these teams aren't good. You've got to, you've got to be, go and beat them, and they're not just going to roll over. And um, you know, interesting. Sheffield United ain't going to be an easy game when we go to there in a couple of weeks either, because they're going to be similar to Bournemouth. You know that. You know they gave United a good game yesterday, um, but like you've still got to go, and, you've still got to go and get get the results. But it's going to be interesting on Newcastle. We'll come on to that in a minute. Are you ready for the quiz? See who's going to come out on top. This one, this one, uh, gentlemen, is going to be on the football league. Who wants to take the first penalty? Who wants to go second? Who wants to take the third penalty? I'm easy, Dave. Right. So, Scott, do you want to go first or last? Sooty's in the I'll middle. Go, I'll go first. So, Scott's going first. Sooty, you're second. Second, Chris, you're last. Okay. So, football league, Scott. For your first penalty. Um, and I think you're probably a bit of John Smith's penalty taker. You know, bang, just no messing. Uh, Wolves were one of the founder members of the Football League, which was founded in 1888. How many clubs were the original league? 8, 10, 12 or 15? Don't shout in the comments, guys. I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say 12. You're locking it in? Yeah. Your penalty, you blasted it straight down the middle. It's not the keeper over and gone in. No problem. Can I have that one, Dave? <laughs> it's gone, mate. It's gone. <laughs> second, second one. 1982, the English Football League was expanded to two leagues. In 1892, oh, was expanded okay. to two leagues. Uh, Wolves remained in the first division, the top flight, until they were relegated to the first time in which season? A, 1900-01, B, 1905-06, C, 1910-1911, or D, 1920-1921. Don't shout out in the chat. So, A, 1900, B, 1905, C, 1910, D, 1920. <laughs> You've stitched me up like a kipper there, haven't you? No, it's right? the second question. Well, I hope the... you don't get harder. You're going to be. <laughs> yeah. 1905. Yeah. You're locking it in. I'll lock it in. You're not looking at the goal, are you, when you're taking this? No. And it's worked because it's sent the keeper the wrong way. You're giving him the eyes. It's gone in. It's uh, it's a goal. I <laughs> knew it all along, Dave. <laughs> it's a bit like that bloody man, uh, that player that scored um, for who was it that scored for Man? Was it for Man City or wherever it was yesterday? He said he meant it. He never meant that. When he was across, Mudrich for Chelsea. That's it, Chelsea. Yeah. Right, Chris. Um, in 1920, the third division was added to the Football League. 
Dave, how old do you think your three lads are? It ain't. It's the way they're falling. In the form of the third division north and the third division south, Wolves remained in the second division until they were relegated to the third division north for the first time in what season? A, 1920, B, 1921, C, 1922, or C, 1923, 24 season? That's easy, Chris. Go on, don't say in the chat. A... 1920, B, 20, 1921, 22, C, 22, 23, D, 23, 24. Well, keep saying it easy. I thought the first time when we went in the third division when I was, I was watching them. So that shows you how easy it is to me. I'm going to go for C. So you're going for C, which is, um, you're going for the 1922, 23 season. You're locking that in. Yeah. Okay. How do you take your penalties, Chris? Uh, one step, top right hand corners. Well, the keeper can't reach it. It's gone in. No chance. It's the. It is correct. It's nineteen twenty two twenty three season. So, one one one. Excellent. Back to you, Scott. So, Wolves won their first league title when they returned to the second division as champions of the third division in what season? Was it A? 1923 24 b 24 26 or, or d 25 26 a 1923 let's say b you're going for b yeah you've hit the john smiths again haven't you because they actually did bounce back in the first season straight away. They got promoted the following season, um, you know, as champions and went back up. So the answer is the 23-24 season. So the first one is missed. Sutty. Wolves won the second league title when they returned to the first division as champions of the second division. In which season? Was it A... 1928-29, was it B, 1929-30, was it C, 1930-31, or was it D, 1931-32 season? C. So are you going for C, the 1930-31 season? Yeah. It's hit the post. <laughs> it did the post. It's close, but it was the 1931-32 season a year later. I'm so... coming on the first part of the show next week. Uh, <laughs> questions, <laughs> I questions are easy. Easy. <laughs> I just turned the page and you need to get magic on this lot. He'll know these. <laughs> you probably would. Right, Chris, you still you're 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 in the pole position at the moment, Chris. After winning the second division for the first time, Wolves spent the majority of the next 52 years in the top flight. How many times were their first division champions in this period? A, one, B, two, C, three, or D, four? <laughs> Something's fine. He's thinking, I wish I had this one. A, one, B, two, C, three, or D, four? Three. You're going for three. Sutty's ashamed. What is it, Sutty? I'm, 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 my brain's gone, to be honest. All this 1921 talk's dummy in. Sutty, what is it? 
He's right. Oh. It's four, yes. So basically, you've hit the, you've hit the other post. So the yeah, second so. penalties have all been missed. Yeah. So back to Sutty, he's back in the game. Oh, oh, it's next, isn't it? Scott, Scott, Scott. During the same period, how many seasons did they spend in the second division? <laughs> uh, Scotty, was it A1, B2, C3 or D4? During the same 52-year period, how many, how many years did they spend in the second division? One, two, three or four? One. You're going for one? Yeah. Mate, you've hit the penalty. It's missed. It's gone over the roof. It's that far away. It's, it's four. You've scored it, mate. You've scored it. Sutty, back on to you. A chance to put your nose in front. For the first time. Okay. If the playoff final gets bored up a bit, every return to the Premier League, you want these questions. No. Who knows? It might, maybe. Um, during the same period, in which season, Sutty, were Wolves champions of the second division for the second time? 1965 66, 66-67, 76-77, or 82-83? 65, 66, 66, 67, or 82, 83. Keith's competitive daddy. Are you going for 1966, 67? Yeah. Are you locking that in? I am, yeah. I think that's when they, the demise happened with Cullis. You've uh, you've missed, mate. You've missed by you've missed by a long you've, you've missed by a long it's way. It's the seventies one, you, isn't it? You've done a Rabona, and the keeper stood there and catched the ball. It's that. It's yeah. It's seventy six, seventy seven. So one out of three. One out of three. Up he pops, puffing his chest out. Chris, cheerful Chris, he's got a smile on his face to win the second half of the quiz and, and uh, go into the final with Jack. Here we go. After three relegations in as many seasons in the 1980s, Chris, in which season did Wolves become champions of the fourth division for the first time? Oh, 1984-85. <laughs> 85-86. 86, 87, or 87, 88. A, B, C. Sutty's writing it down. Look. <laughs> You've you proper stitched me up here, you have, I'll tell you. <laughs> no more away tickets for you, lad. <laughs> you. I know it's over the third one or the fourth one, and I'm just trying to clear my head to think which one it is. Come on. Dan's laughing at Sutty. Like, look the at fourth that. One. Fourth one. Fourth one. Are you going for 1987-88? Are you sure you're going to lock that in? Or 80, are you not? Or 86? Change it, Chris. Change it. Did you say the fourth division? Fourth division for the first time. 87, you're going with 87-88 because you said the fourth or the third oh. one. The third one's 86-87. What are you going for? Locking in what? Are you doubting yourself, Chris? You've got time to change, Chris. No, I'm going for the fourth one. 
Yes, he's won it. He's won it. Chris has won it. He's a twat. I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I'm thinking. He's saying. Oh, I'm thinking again. I'm like. Sure, <laughs> what he was trying to, he was, he was using in, reverse, reverse, reverse psychology on you there. I've just gone through about fifteen years of school thinking well, this and that. No, no, it was definitely then. Fantastic. Uh, so yeah, Chris, you've uh, you you victorious. That was a bit of fun. Mister uh, Miltray there trying to make me go wrong. Uh, no, he was trying to use the old reverse psychology. Finally, guys, um, uh, you know. Just before we finish uh, tonight, a big thank you to Creation Walls, the local uh, Wolverhampton country, for power, uh, powering extra time. Um, score prediction, Scott, for Newcastle? I said 1 0 Wolves. 1 0 to the Wanderers. Um, Sutty? 1 0 Wolves. Chris? Uh, I think the bubble's burst a bit, Dave. I think. I think uh... I know you've given me this nice name, but I think I, I've got to get back to normality. So I think the score next weekend is going to be Wolves 3, Newcastle 1. Uh, <laughs> They'll come Look, and attack us. They won't get so many facial expressions from Sooty tonight. He's like, have a God. 3 0 Wolves. He did that last time I made a prediction, and I was right. Oh, you did predict the City game right, though, yeah. as well. He did. Yeah. I tell you what, if you get, if you get this right, we're going to start, change your name from cheerful to Oracle. Definitely. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, look at Andrew Knight here. Andrew, what? <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a bit of logic behind it, and what I think is Newcastle are going to attack us, and teams that attack us, we do better at generally rather than teams that don't want to attack us. So, and I think with the front three we've got, we can we can we can turn a game quickly. Fast from from defence to attack, and I think it's what happen. If we win three one next week, I'm getting place. that back out again. Oh, yeah. Well, what's that? Europe. Oh Another yeah. Man. We win three one next week. He said we'll three nil. Farmers League. He didn't give him. Sutty. He didn't even give him a goal. He said three nil. Three one. Are you going three one? Yeah, not three nil. Okay. Um, Kevin Layton just wants to say, um, cheers, been absolutely fantastic. Cheers on the chat, just brilliant, absolutely fantastic. It's been, a, it's been a great one tonight. Barry's saying as well, everybody, it's bedtime. It is bedtime, it's time because I need to uh, go and have a cup of tea now, catch up uh, with the producer. Absolutely brilliant, uh, tonight. And, um, you know, final, uh, final thing to say, uh, obviously, um, rest in peace, Sir Bobby Charlton. Um, respected by everyone, no matter your colours, wherever you are in the world, through Legend of the Game. Uh, good night. God bless you all. Love to you and your families. Until the next one, always Wolves. Always Wolves. Always Wolves. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.